It is time to dig deep with Stacy and Stacy, a podcast for anyone hungry for God and willing to tackle today's relevant issues with authentic conversations inspired by Holy Scripture, prayer, and devotion to the sacraments. Hosted by two Texas gals who went to the same country Baptist church as little girls, had crazy lives, and found each other again decades later as Catholic convert wives and moms. Get ready, y'all. They're fixing to get real. Hi, I'm Stacy Corkerson. And I'm Stacy Trisankos. Welcome to episode 55 of season two on December 6th of 2022. <laughs> um, this is also known as the the feast of saint nicholas and today is the day that we celebrate saint nicholas this is actually the day so this is another thing i didn't know until i was catholic and i i am a terrible mother because i never really understood what to do until it was too late but so i become catholic and i'm like oh santa claus is real he's saint nicholas and so we we kind of like honored St. Nicholas and I still gave him presents at Christmas. I didn't know that on the optional memorial of St. Nicholas, the bishop, that you were supposed to put toys in your children's shoes because what? apparently this is something that he did and it's something to um, remember him by. And so the whole practice of giving gifts at Christmas came from the memorial of St. Nicholas. And so good Catholic moms are supposed <laughs> to put toys in their children's shoes on the evening of December 6th. Guess um, who's not a very good Catholic mom? Oh my, I never heard of that. I just never, I never like remember to do it. Oh my gosh. I learn something new every day. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just not, so that's, I think that's where the whole stocking thing came from. Oh, and, stockings. Okay. And yeah, and so I know lots of, I, and I love this and I think it's great. It's just every single year I forget. And now here I am in Seattle. You know what? Maybe I'll go put some toys in my my grown son and his wife's shoes tonight and see if they notice. Oh my goodness. You'll have to tell us tomorrow what they say. <laughs> here I am in Seattle. I'm not even home to do it. So um, this is just another like dumb convert thing that after, like I just, it never sunk into my head. So in case, in case I'm the only one out there that this ever happened to, I'm really sorry. But in case I'm not, you're not alone. <laughs> oh my goodness. Well, you don't know what you don't know, right? <laughs> I, oh it just every year, I'm like, I think I'm going to do it. December 6th comes and goes because I'm still recovering from Thanksgiving and I totally forget. Oh my gosh. I have no idea. <laughs> But I can tell you that uh, my, my Christmas tree is not up because I am not decorating until actually Christmas. You're doing good. <laughs> I am doing good there. Okay. Today, we, in addition to Stacey Farquharson covering the readings for today and talking about the Memorial of St. Nicholas, we are going to cover in the Catechism, Faith and Understanding, one of my favorite topics, section or paragraphs 156 and 157 on page 42 and 43 on the link below in the show notes. Hi, Stacy. Hi. <laughs> uh, okay, you ready to get started? Yes, ma'am. Okay, let's say our prayer in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Lord Jesus. 
send us your Holy Spirit upon our preparations for Christmas, we who have so much to do. Help us seek quiet places to hear your voice each day. We who are anxious over many things look forward to your coming among us. We who are blessed in so many ways long for the complete joy of your kingdom. We whose hearts are heavy seek the joy and peace of your presence. We are your people, walking in darkness, yet seeking the light. To you we say, come Lord Jesus. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. That's beautiful. I love that prayer. Okay, grab a cup of tea, your coffee, water bottle, and your Bible, and be sure to spend some time with the Lord today. Well, I didn't know anything about the shoes, but I did look up St. Nicholas today. And usually when I, um, the the website that I get information from on the saints is catholic.org. So if anyone wants to follow along um, when, when there's a memorial. Um, but there was a story that I found that I thought was really cool. And this one was where there was a father, a single father who lost all of his money. And he didn't have a dowry for his three daughters, so they couldn't get married. And he was going to give them over to a life of prostitution. And the website said that St. Nicholas had been born into a wealthy family. And when his parents died, when he was young, he was left with an inheritance. And he used his inheritance to help the poor. And as the story goes, one night he had heard about, well, he heard about the father and his three daughters. And so one night he threw a bag of money into an open window for the father to use as a dowry for his eldest daughter. And due to this, she was able to get married. And then he anonymously did this for the second daughter when she came of age. And then again, he did it for the third daughter. He would throw a bag of money into the window. But the third time he did it, the father saw him and the father was so touched by his generosity. So I thought that was a cool story. Um, and again, there's lots to read about St. Nicholas. So if you want to read about him, you can. And I guess we can link that article in the show notes and you can start reading about all the saints that we discuss here on the podcast as their feast yeah. days are celebrated. Okay, so today we're going to be reading um, our daily reading, the responsorial psalm, and it's Psalm 40. The response is, the Lord our God comes with power. But as I usually do, I'm going to read this psalm and then we'll talk about a couple of the scriptures. Surely I wait for the Lord who bends down to me and hears my cry, draws me up from the pit of destruction out of the muddy clay, sets my feet upon the rock, steadies my steps and puts a new song in my mouth, a hymn to our God. Many shall look on in fear and they shall trust in the Lord. Bless the man who sets his security in the Lord. Who turns not to the arrogant or to those who stray after falsehood? You, yes, you, my Lord, my God, have done wondrous deeds. And in your plans for us, there is none to equal you. Should I wish to declare or tell them, too many are they to recount. Sacrifice and offering you do not want. You opened my ears. Burnt offering and sin offering you do not request. So I said, see, I come with an inscribed scroll written upon me. I delight to do your will, my God. Your law is in my inner being. When I sing of your righteousness in a great assembly, see, I do not restrain my lips as you, Lord, know. I do not conceal your righteousness within my heart. I speak of your loyalty and your salvation. I do not hide your mercy or faithfulness from a great assembly. Lord, may you not withhold your compassion from me. May your mercy and your faithfulness continually protect me. 
Okay, so that is the first 12 verses of Psalm 40. And uh, there are several more, but we're going to stop there. And again, I encourage you to get your Bible and read the daily readings for yourself. Um, when when I read when we read scripture together on the podcast, of course, we don't have time to go through all the readings or every single verse. But I just want to talk about what stands out to me or what speaks to me or what I found interesting or sometimes what I find funny. And I'm sure what you know what I get out of it is going to be different than what you get out of it. But that's why I encourage you to reread them for yourselves, read the readings every day, and watch to see what the Lord would say to you. So. Surely, this is this is verse two. It says, surely I wait for the Lord who bends down to me and hears my cry, draws me up from the pit of destruction out of the muddy clay, sets my feet upon rock and steadies my steps. I love that. That that scripture reminds me of a song that I have sung for many, many, many years. It's about 30 years old, this song is. And it is the song that I sing in the kitchen when no one's around or in the Are car. Are you going to sing for us? By myself. Okay. <laughs> I tell you what, the next time we do a retreat, I will sing okay. this song. <laughs> okay. okay. I, I love it. I'm I'm going to I'm gonna uh, just repeat, just uh, I'm going to speak, not sing, a couple of the lines. But it says, you've set my feet upon the rock and now I know. I love you. I need you. Though my world may fall, I'll never let you go. My savior, my closest friend, I will worship you until the very end. And this song, I'm telling you, when I'm singing this from the bottom of my heart, at the top of my lungs, <laughs> it, it will bring me to tears because I'm just singing it from my heart that even though my world will crash and fall all around me. I'll never let you go. You know, I've said so many times, God never promised us a rose garden, but in good times and in bad times, we just have to hold on to him and never let him go. It goes on to say in today's scriptures, who bends down to me and hears my cry. It says, sets my feet upon the rock, steadies my steps, who bends down to me and hears my cry. When I read this, I immediately thought of my babies when they were little, when they were just toddlers, three, four, five years old. And I remembered there were so many times that I would kneel down in front of them, getting eyeball to eyeball, nose to nose. So they didn't feel like I was towering over them, but I wanted to be on their level. I wanted them to know that I saw them, that I was listening to them and that I loved them. And Sometimes I would pick them up and hold them. Sometimes I put them on the kitchen cabinet and I'd still be eyeball to eyeball with them. But this just reminded me of that. And it's like our father does that. How sweet is it that he bends down to hear us, to hear our cry? And I could just imagine him bending down and saying, hey there, it's, it's okay. I hear you crying. Tell me about it. I mean, what a good father. And then he lifts us up, draws us out of the mess we're in and steadies our feet. I mean, if this doesn't make us want to praise him, I don't know what would. When we are reading the Bible and all of a sudden something just comes over us and pierces our hearts and we feel like praising him, just do it right then. Because it goes on to say, he puts a new song in my mouth, a hymn to our God. He gives us a song to sing. And there's a footnote in the Bible here. Um, 
that says, and I encourage you to always pay attention to the footnotes when you're reading the Bible, but it says a song in response to the new action of God. Giving thanks is not purely a human response, but is itself a divine gift. And I love that because when we feel moved to to praise God, that's a gift for us to give to God. And it blesses us. It's like the Holy Spirit gives us a gift to give to God and it blesses us. It brings us closer to him. And I think how many times as a mother we've bought a gift for our kids to give their dad on Father's Day or Christmas. We, Mm -hmm. you know, little kids, we give them gifts to give us. I've even bought my kids. Matter of fact, Natalie and I went out shopping the other day and (laughs) I bought my Christmas present. I said, okay, take it home and wrap it and give it to me on Christmas. (laughs) I mean, sometimes I buy them gifts to give to their dad or to give to me. But have you ever felt like the Holy Spirit just, put a song in your heart or praise on your lips for the father. Sometimes it's a sacrifice of praise that we offer, but sometimes the Holy spirit will move and we can just become overwhelmed with love and thanksgiving and just want to praise him. And I love that this footnote calls it a divine gift. Yeah. So many times in the Psalms, it talks about singing to God. Psalm 33, three says, sing to him a new song. Psalm 96, 1 says, sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Psalm 144, 9 says, oh God, a new song I will sing to you. Now, I know, I know there's someone out there that's saying, I can't sing. I was just about to interrupt you and say (laughs) that, but I wanted to let you finish your thought. Like, I don't, when I think of worshiping God, singing is not on my list. <laughs> you know what? You can just speak the words as long as it's just coming from your heart. That's I don't fine. even speak the words. It's just like singing. No. Um, <laughs> or, or you can be like me and just belt it out in the car or at home when <laughs> no one's around. <laughs> It'll bless him. It'll bless him. Okay. It goes on to say, blessed is the man who sits, sets his security in the Lord, who turns not to the arrogant, are to those who stray after falsehood. You, yes, you, O Lord, my God, have done many wondrous deeds. And in your plans for us, there is none to equal you. Trust the Lord. When you need direction, lean not on your own understanding, but in all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your steps. Turn to the Lord, not to the arrogant or to those who have been led astray. Seek the Lord and his will for your life. I mean, I know we all know that, but sometimes we just have to be encouraged. Yeah. We need encouragement. We can remember when we need it, we can remember what um, God has done for us. We, when we talked about that, that wall of remembrance, when we were, we journal, sometimes I'll journal things that God has done. And then later on, I'll go back and read my journals and remember some of the, the victories and the things he's brought mm-hmm. me through. And that encourages me. It says that no one's plans can compare to God's plans for us. In verse six, it says, you, yes, you, O Lord, my God, have done many wondrous deeds. And in your plans for us, there is none to equal you. Should I, de- should I wish to declare or tell them, too many are they to recount. And that reminded me of a verse in the book of John in chapter 21, verse 25. It says, but there are also many other things that Jesus did, 
If every one of them were written down, I suppose that the world itself could not contain the books that would be written. There are many wondrous deeds the Lord has done that haven't even been told, at least not this side of glory. And all this to say, Jesus is so worthy of our praises. Mm -hmm. We are to enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Start out our prayer time thanking him and praising him. And as the word tells us, let everything that has breath give praise to the Lord. Yep. Amen. I mean, I don't think of it as singing, but there are many times when I do um, go out. I mean, for me, it's nature. For me, it's it's thinking of chemistry and everything that has to happen for the trees to grow, the clouds to form, the sun to shine, the little animals to crawl around. <laughs> and, um, you know, so it, it it's creation for me. I, I don't sing, but I do like I hear the song of creation, I guess, in my head. If, mm -hmm. I, if I, I'm not very poetic, but OK, there that was my attempt to be poetic. <laughs> I, <laughs> I it, it comes to home to me that way. And so when I think of worshiping and singing, I, I think of nature singing, but not me. <laughs> right, right. If that right. makes any sense. Um, well, there's so many different ways to praise the yeah. Lord. I, I remember going to a women's conference one time where there was a, an artist there. Have you ever seen that before where they paint a picture? Yes, and, on Facebook. Oh, it's just beautiful. And, you know, the, the entire time there was a woman that was painting while they sang and while they spoke and and at the end, she turns it around and it is just a beautiful picture that that was just a summary of everything that was shared that night. It was beautiful. That's that's neat. And she couldn't have known beforehand. So. Right. Right. Yeah, right. that is that's really I mean, we all have our talents. We all have our gifts. Um, and, you know, Stacy, yours, yours is singing. I was hoping you would sing because you have a beautiful voice. I've heard you sing. Um, and it's something I wish I had. A couple of my daughters are brilliant at singing. Um, they're very good in choir. And I'm just amazed because I know they didn't like it was it's a gift from God. It's, it's not genetic or anything. I mean, if even if it was genetic, it would still be a gift from God, but it's definitely not genetic. So <laughs> <laughs> that was that was for them. Uh, and. I'm uh, going to cover the part in the catechism that goes along with this um, that, well, it's just the next part that we're coming to on page 42 and 43 in the link below, if you're following um, on our website, faith and understanding. And so this is one of my, this is my song, um, the whole faith and reason, faith and science, theology, philosophy. These are the things that I love. And I'm, I've got my head really into it today because I've been working on a paper now that I'm a, remember I'm a student again, just like you are Stacy. Mm -hmm. And I'm, I'm uh, writing the term paper on utilitarianism. And I really just get angry when I start thinking about these messed up um, philosophies that try to tell us what's right and what's wrong based on an over-reliance on numbers and science. Like I love science, but I, I learned that a long time ago. Science can't tell you everything. It can't answer your most pressing questions about the purpose of your life. And so I, I've always loved this part of the Catholic teaching um, that deals with faith and reason. So 156, remember we were talking about faith and what it means to believe 
the catechism has a pretty extensive section on faith and understanding and faith and reason, faith and science even. It talks about science. Um, today in paragraphs 156 and 157, we're talking about why faith is so certain, which I, we've talked about it before, but it was something that really confused me at first because I'm like, wait a minute, if you're just going to believe in something, how do you know that's certain? Like certain is there's a rock laying on the ground in front of me. I'm certain of it because I can see it. Mm -hmm. But um, the church teaches that faith in God is even more certain than seeing a rock laying in front of your feet with your own eyes. Because the most reasonable thing in the world is to believe or accept the testimony of God himself when the second person of the Holy Trinity became incarnate and told us about God. So that, that's what it's getting at. Let me read it, though. 156, paragraph 156. What moves us to believe is not the fact that revealed truths appear as true and intelligible in the light of our natural reason. We believe because of the authority of God himself who reveals them, who can neither deceive nor be deceived. So see that that's extremely reasonable when you put it that way. So that the submission of our faith might nevertheless be in accordance with reason, God willed that external proofs of his revelation should be joined to the internal helps of the Holy Spirit. So let me just stop right there. That's why I wanted to go back and study philosophy. I studied theology. I love science. I love chemistry. But this exercising your reason to understand faith, I got the faith part, the understanding part, I, I'm not really so good at because that's philosophy. And it, it is... It is just a whole different way of thinking. Stacy. I think it comes naturally to you because I, because most of the, so many things that I'm learning in philosophy, I'm like, Stacy says that. <laughs> <laughs> I heard her say that. She's like, when you said God put everything in us that we need to be the mothers that God made us to be for our children, that that's like actually comes from Aristotle. <laughs> He's, he said that, 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 that those things are in us. And um, it's not that's not just poetry, that's philosophy. And there's a lot of things that you say that are right on the money. Um, but it's not something that I ever developed in myself to be able to think this way. So we have um, that the God willed that external proofs of his revelation should be joined to the internal helps of the Holy Spirit. So like we were talking about the other day, prayer and grace turns the lights on so we can understand better. But that doesn't mean we don't reason things through and think things through. Like when you, Stacey, are reading the scripture and trying to explain it and put it in terms of, of our daily life, that's God. We're using faith and reason. He's, he's allowed us to do that. Okay, moving on. Thus, the miracles of Christ and the saints, prophecies, the church, church's growth and holiness and her fruitfulness and stability are most certain signs of divine revelation adapted to the intelligence of all. They are motives of credibility, which show that the ascent of faith is by no means a blind impulse of the mind. Okay. So we said the other day that Mary had blind obedience. And now here it says, by no means is it a blind impulse of the mind. I wanted to explain those two different things. That's one of the reasons I got confused. Mary's blind obedience came after her reasonable assent of faith in God. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. She believed in God. Once she got her head around that, she's like, okay, God, 
I totally trust you. I'm going to step forward in faith, not knowing what's going to happen. That was the blind obedience, but it came after mm. not a blind faith, but a very reasonable faith. Yeah. And so that that's the motives of credibility adapted to the intelligence of all. And Stacey, you said at one time that, that God speaks to us in different ways. And I think that's what we're talking about even today with the singing versus hearing creation sing mm-hmm. when one can't sing. Um, God does talk to us in different ways. Mm. And it says it right here in the catechism. It's adapted to the intelligence of all. It speaks to us where we are. But there are most certain signs of divine revelation. And it mentions the church's growth and holiness and her fruitfulness and stability. And I just want to add in here because a lot of people are pretty down on the Catholic Church right now because there is some corruption among some of the the leaders in the church, the bishops um, and, and priests, certain of them, not all of them. I would never say all of them, but I know there are people concerned about corruption. And, and I just basically stay away from this because of things like this right here in the catechism. The church is stable. The church is going to make it. I don't need to concern myself with every bit of corruption going on by sinful people who work in the church right now. I don't need to be concerned with that. I can be assured that the church is fruitful and stable and the gates of hell will not prevail. Now, there are some people who feel called to do that. I just don't. I honestly don't. If I get too, too immersed in that, I get it. it just, it's not Stacey Trisankos. It's not who I am. I can't do it. I leave that to other people because I don't feel one bit that God's calling me to run around and tell everybody about sinful people in the church. I'm just trying to love my people and get them to heaven and help them rely on the eternal truths of the church. All right. Next one, um, paragraph 157. Faith then is certain. It is more certain than all human knowledge because it is founded on the very word of God who cannot lie. I mean, that's like a boom mic drop right there. Mm-hmm, right. Faith is certain. It is That's what it means. By, and St. Thomas Aquinas says this too, and that's the first time I ever read it, and it threw me. What does that mean? Faith is certain, more certain than anything I can do in science, more certain than something I can synthesize in the lab or spaghetti sauce I can cook up in my home where I can taste it. And I'm, I can be like, yeah, I'm certain that's good. I tasted it myself. And that's that is what it means. One way of knowing is, or one way of learning things is through knowledge. And that's what we use our senses for, our sight, our taste, our smell, our hearing, our touch. But faith is the substance of things unseen. Faith is accepting. So faith in something, we're not talking about that. We're talking about faith in someone. Faith in someone is to accept the testimony of someone reliable, someone believable. And if God isn't that, then I don't know what we're doing. So mm-hmm. that is why it says faith is certain faith in God. I mean, faith in my husband, that's very certain for me too. I mean, I, I feel like I know him um, because I, you know, I can see him and touch him, Jose, but I also have faith that he's going to be by my side in the future because I, I've just, I, I believe him. I, I've come to trust him. So faith is more certain than all human knowledge. Because it is founded on the very word of God who cannot lie. To be sure, revealed truths can seem obscure to human reason like the Holy Trinity. Um, We we will never fully understand the Holy Trinity. Even if we do study how the church has articulated it, it's still a mystery. Mm -hmm. Um, 
they may seem obscure to human reason and experience, but the certainty that the divine light gives is greater than that which the light of natural reason gives. 10,000 difficulties do not make one doubt. Mm. And that is quoting John Henry Cardinal Newman. Um, so I love that. And for someone like me who, who can't sing <laughs> and, <laughs> and who um, I, I need, I like, I, I like to know things. I like to be able to understand things. This was life changing because understanding it literally means to, there was a time um, where, where I got this. There was a time when my little son, JJ, when he was like two years old, he was waddling down a trail in the woods when we lived out in New York in the Adirondacks. And he was standing under this gigantic pine tree, a whole bunch of gigantic pine trees. And he was standing under them and he was in his diaper and he had just waddled off from me. And I took a picture of him in that moment because he stopped and he looked up and I'm like, understanding that's us with God. We stand under <laughs> and we look up and we, we try, um, we try to accept, we try to figure it out. We, we are faith seeking understanding, but to understand something means you first have to stand under it and look up. Mm. And so that, that's kind of how I approach my faith now. God, what can you teach me? <laughs> mm. <laughs> what do I need? Yeah. And that, and the church has so much for us to learn. There's so much to learn. We'll see you tomorrow. I'm Stacey Trusenkos. And I'm Stacey Farquharson. Until next time. If you are interested in bringing Stacy and Stacy to your parish or study group for a retreat or a talk, they would love to come liven things up and keep it real. Please see stacyandstacy.site for more information.